Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. The Law Report with Michael Matwening Bell, Kaya FM 95.9. A very good evening to you and welcome to The Law Report. My name is Michael Matuning-Bell. What are we talking about today? We're talking about entrepreneurship, a topic that's very much uh, in my heart. And, um, you know, when we talk about youth, we often find ourselves at the same time talking about unemployment. And I think uh, entrepreneurship is one of the ways to solve this very burning issue in this country today. So we're talking to entrepreneurs and about entrepreneurship. That's the show. Know your rights. Know the law. The Law Report with Michael Matuning-Bell. Good evening and um, special thanks to uh, Cindy. Uh, she's back with you again tomorrow so you can look forward to yet another show um, where she traverses the social issues and the social matters that she so quite ably has done this evening. So back to our show and as always we're looking forward to your calls. You can give us a ring 86 or you can send me a tweet. I'm at MatuningBill. That's my Twitter handle. What are we talking about tonight? We're talking about entrepreneurship but who are we talking to? We're talking to you Afropolitans. So do you participate? Uh, we have attorneys, entrepreneurs, uh, organizations that are able to help you chart your way through what some describe as this very difficult terrain of entrepreneurship. I like to call it interesting because it's a process of creating things. It's absolute magic as far as I'm concerned. Let me introduce all of my guests. Uh, I'm joined um, in the um, in studio by Mr. Debojo Tsegowa. He's the MD of Hashtag Property. Debojo, good evening and thank you so much for good coming. Good evening, Mike. How are you? I'm very good, thank you for asking. Also, Nomfundo Vilagazi, uh, who is the founder of Bloodshed Diamond Natural Skin Care. Nomfundo, good evening. Good evening. How are you? Very good. <laughs> And also um, CEO of um, uh, Ogbabayo Acha. That's Ogbabayo Acha, uh, Dex Damabaso. Damabaso, thank you for joining us. Good evening. Thank you for having me. And also um, from Franchise Forum, uh, Tuli Khadebe. Good evening and thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Thank you for not. <laughs> you didn't ask how I am. <laughs> no. I'm fine. No. I'm fine. And as well as a colleague, Yolelwa Sikunyana, who's a founder and director of Sikunyana Incorporated, she's an attorney practicing as such under that name. So she'll be helping us understand some of the legalities that arise in one's journey as an entrepreneur. And, and, and I think I probably. A good place to start, uh, and remember before I actually say this, remember you can participate in our discussion by giving us a ring 86 One of the things that, and the easiest way, in my opinion, uh, I could be completely wrong, Tuli, is, is entering the business of entrepreneurship as a franchise. Let's talk about what does Franchise Forum do and what is it about? Okay, um, the Franchise Forum Basically, it um, raises uh, franchise um, awareness Mm -hmm. amongst this uh, black and small, medium businesses. Um, What we do is we go around nationally uh, to promote franchising and entrepreneurship because we have noticed that most of the uh, entrepreneurs, they get into this business space uh, basically uh, not knowing that they could actually replicate their uh, business ideas or yeah. replicates whatever services that they provide. So mm. we as the forum, we get um, to uh, assess the business, then we help the businesses to be franchise ready as well by implementing systems in place and helping them to at least maybe trademark their names or 
uh, logos. Okay, so you are talking more to people that already have businesses yeah. and are looking to, and, and, and the businesses potentially capable of being scaled or franchised. Yes, yes. So let me, let, let me, let me then also, you know, perhaps from a, from a legal point of view, when we talk about, you know, franchise agreement, um, and, 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 and I'm going to invite you, Yolela, to come in. We talk about franchise, and one of the things that I've personally observed in, I guess it's an African phenomenon where a lot of us have businesses, but, but we don't want to sell stakes in those businesses. Like, we, it's, we're very clingy as entrepreneurs, you know, Eyami, you know, Yonke. You know, <laughs> and you, you, even your title, you're like, you, you, you got to put in there founder, you know, so we, we and, I, and I guess it's an interesting time for, for, for us as a new country, as it were, because not a lot of people could claim that, you know, uh, a few years ago. Um, why is it, in your opinion, that we have less of people buying into other people's businesses where, where you create a model of, you know, co-ops or, or companies with lots of shareholders, even though they're not listed? Right. Um, amongst other things, uh, it has to do with trust and, of course, um, lack of knowledge mm -hmm. of how the transaction could be concluded. Um, there is also a confusion uh, that if you are a director, uh, you know, and others are shareholders, they need to be directors. And in fact, um, you can be a shareholder without being a director. So the transaction can be concluded through drafting a shareholders agreement. Yeah. So the parties that are interested in buying in this business could come and appoint an evaluator that says, okay, how much is the business? What is the projections? You know, and they could then price the shares. Mm. And then you could then conclude an agreement uh, by people, others investing money or some bringing skills for that matter. Uh, what is common amongst entrepreneurs is to say, I have a silent partner, yeah. and that silent partner does not have paperwork mm -hmm. at hand. Uh, but that could be one of the reasons. And, and you mentioned trust, <coughs> and, 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 and I'm curious to, to know that what are some of the legal instruments one can use to safeguard? Because, you know, trust is, arises from a fear, and a fear can then be mitigated or avoided through some other process and, and one wonders if one has trust issues as most entrepreneurs rightfully should it's your baby after all you started this thing but you want to you need more money or you need more expertise or you need something that somebody else can bring in or some other people can bring in what are some of the, inst the legal instruments or documents that one can use to be able to bring in new players into one's business but also make sure that the trust is the trust issue is 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 addressed yeah so the common um challenges that we've seen is that um entrepreneurs think about partnership or even shareholding when there's a tender yeah. or when there's a big contract then they start looking around to say who can i partner with mm -hmm. and in the end they omit to then conclude proper paperwork um e.g there's no shareholders agreement there's mm -hmm. no joint venture agreement yeah. uh, because for me joint venture is a start of saying can we trust each other we're taking joint liability joint risk and then if that works maybe we could look at collaborating further by owning shares mm. uh, in your company or in my company or by merging uh, for that matter but the common thing is that there's always a handshake deal of some sort mm. and this of course doesn't cure the trust issues it actually worsens it 
Yeah, and 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 I guess one would would hear from 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 the entrepreneurs that we have um, in the studio about you know what it is that you know most of the South African businesses and it goes even for law firms. You know, with law firms, literally eighty percent of law firms are sole proprietorships. That's right. Um, and 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 no doubt it stretches you know across industry. Perhaps let me let me turn um, to. To you, Nomfundo Villagaz, and 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 you know maybe let's by way of introduction to the Afropolitans, tell us a little bit about who you are and what your business does. I'm Nomfundo Villagazi. Um, I started Blush Diamond a couple of years ago. In terms of, I had skin problems, mm -hmm. and what was commercially out there was no longer working for me. So I had to sort out different ways of just mitigating what was happening with my skin. Mm. In doing that at first, I did it for myself and then my family and friends wanted to know what was I doing that was changing everything that was happening with me skin-wise mm. and then grew into a business which I have today. Wow. So it started from a passion of wanting to find something else that would help me with my skin problem and that grew to what everybody else wanted to have and with what we're having now currently is people are wanting different ways of helping their skin problems in terms of organic ways or natural ways yeah. they're no longer looking for things that are chemical that big companies are out there giving and it's not longer working for any of us mm. so i went that route because i wanted to help myself but along the line i ended up helping other people as well to help them with their skin problems what, what a story then isn't it if, so what when, when your own what, was it acne you know, like or, or, or whatever the skin problem might have been let me not let me not be invasive be but, but it seems like to have been a blessing yeah a blessing in disguise in all honesty a blessing in disguise and i'm very grateful because i've touched a lot of lives yeah. out there and i've i've gotten to hear a lot of stories and i think i've inspired a lot of people as well when I tell them about my story and I say, don't just look into employment from the corporate environment. Yeah. Just go out there and use your hands and use the skills that you might have that you didn't know that you had. Like, mm. I didn't know that I had these skills. And, and just go on out there and see what you can do with that. So how long has Blush Diamond been running? Wow. Um, R&D has been for three years. Right. But <laughs> launching it recently as in like this year wow and that's it congratulations just, thank you it took off it took off yeah from and what what's what what are the what are the product offering my product offers your skin products uh, clay masks all are natural no chemicals in them soaps as i think you can see right here i have <laughs> my product with me I they look pretty thank you and mm -hmm. they smell good as well mm -hmm. uh we offer scrubs as well as body lotions but what's our the biggest sellers are soaps and body lotions. Yeah. All right. So another entrepreneur is Tewoko uh, Tugua. He's the MD of Hashtag Property. Tell us about your business. Hashtag Properties is a real estate agency that operates in Gauteng. Mm -hmm. And uh, currently we've got 25 branches. We've got about 150 agents. Um, what brings this agency about uh, was the lack of participation of African people in the real estate industry. A glaring, a glaring <laughs> lack of participation. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, I think um, being introduced to real estate was uh, by accident. Uh, by profession, I'm a business coach and I used to work with an attorney firm. And while I marketed for them, I realized that there was a big inconsistency in the existence of African real realtors, number one, and real estate agencies. So if you look at um, 
traditionally what we have in South Africa, we've got the Western companies that are operating in South Africa that are dominating the market. However, if you look at our demographic and look at our population, it doesn't make sense why it is that we're not existent in the market. And I had to resign from my job and take this opportunity to make uh, this work. So I started Hashtag Properties as a niche product. But in so saying, uh, we converted the business from a licensing business into a franchising business. However, we've also established an incubation and accelerator and accelerator program. Reason being, we've got realtors that are in the market. However, I always say they're not counted. Uh, not counted doesn't mean that perhaps maybe there's discrimination. They're not registered. They're not legal. So they're participating in the industry, but they're not counted by the industry that regulates real estate. Mm-hmm. So our objective by creating an incubation and accelerator program is to introduce them into a market. If we look at why do they not purchase uh, traditional uh, franchises, they're too expensive. How do they then have um, a stepping stone into coming into the industry? So Hashtag has what we call an incubation, we have an accelerator program and we have a, a, a structured franchise program. However, our franchise structure is also different to what is traditionally found outside because the cost of running real estate is extremely high and that talks to the barrier to entry as well. So you might be in the industry, might find people that leave the traditional big uh, real estate agencies to run their own and the challenge is mostly that I've come across compliance and cost. So what we've done, we have a structure that allows us to give the tools of running real estate at a reduced price. If I'd give you an example, we run at one-fourth of the cost. Mm-hmm. So if you were running so that's your overhead or that's overheads, your, yeah. overheads for the traditional franchise. Mm-hmm. So if a franchise, one franchise is paying uh, the fourth, our franchise is actually paying one fourth. The reason for this is to meet our vision and our mission, which is simply to empower, support and run successful, profitable real estate agencies. All right. So I'm listening to this show right now sure. and I want to do business with you. So I would come to you because I want to be a real estate agent. You would come to me because perhaps you've got an interest in real estate. Yeah. You already are in real estate or you want to be a business owner in real estate. And I would come to you not because I want to be an agent as in I'm looking for a job, but because I want to run one or, or, you know, so both, both, both. So I could say I'd like you to license me to be able to have guys working under me. Sure. Yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. So in, in diverse manners, so I'll just give you an example. We have businesses that have come to us which were functional re- functioning already as traditional real estate agencies mm-hmm. and they found the cost to be too high to sustain mm-hmm. their businesses they then approached us we then give them the umbrella company which is the franchise and say oh, well I'd like to dedicate this to Duduzile Shabalala who passed away yesterday which was one of our business uh, um, our franchise owners she came on as Kailetu and we then made her franchise as hashtag Kailetu Right. So she was an existing So if I business. walk around and I see hashtag something, I've got to know that. Absolutely. Fantastic. Absolutely. It sounds like a, it's like a wonderful idea. And Thank I you. see that you're only 33 years old, but you look about 26. <laughs> Thank you. That's a good thing. <laughs> That's our youth. That's the youth of, of this country that we're speaking to. And if you have any questions for any of the entrepreneurs that I profile uh, for Franchise Forum or for the attorney that I have in the studio, Ms. Yolelo Sikunyane, you can give us a call. By dialing 0860009059. Let me, you know, so, so some of these issues, they, they sound very difficult. And I know, for example, um, Yolela, we were struggling with unlicensed 
real estate or state agents and 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 that's something that even you know if if you look at the the barriers to entry insofar as that is concerned it's it's quite a major thing mm. yes um so because the estate uh, um, affairs uh, board has been responsible for mm. the licensing of various um uh, uh, agents or even property business people who are interested uh, there has been a lot of uh, barriers in respect of the requirements uh, particularly for new entrants to come in and even when you have came in you still need to go under somebody until you are independent yes. and on what he's raising about franchise on its own it brings some other barriers because remember now if you are under a franchise there's still other requirements in terms of what we we're speaking about earlier on buying shares so if you're buying shares into a franchise uh, uh, business there are other requirements that you must and, and, and i think that's it's, I'm, I'm glad you picked that up because they would be speaking as a franchisor mm -hmm. yes correct mm. but what would a, a franchisee be thinking and what should a franchisee worry about um, you know, getting into into this arrangement or any other environment where you are going to put up money and have an expectation. So, what should I? What are some of the key things that I, I should be looking out for as as a prospective franchisee? Yeah. So, some of the issues that are critical into uh, the franchise space mm -hmm. is that the CPA has come into operation. Yeah. And as it stands, some of the franchisors have equally not upgraded their contracts or even complied with the CPA, they still have these stringent requirements that are not allowed in terms of the CPA and therefore still blocking people from buying these businesses and you find out that, that the franchise fees are high at the same time and there's no understanding because these agreements are not drafted in simple language mm. as per the CPA. Mm. So in the end, the scale is unbalanced and you find that the new entrants that are wanting to buy into the franchise business is either they didn't understand the terms or they overspent whatever they had and in the end then they are not successful mm. and that is uh, what could be um, something that they could look into uh, is that their agreements are they compliant uh, in terms of the CPA for sure for sure uh, one, one other thing I mean you know I, I guess it could be my subjective view but I, I do get a sense that in South Africa today, there's less and less conversations about franchises and franchisors. Is it is it a reality? Sort of is my perception in any way reflective of of the reality out there? Are are franchises still cool as as an as an investment vehicle? It is. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, the franchising sector on its own. Um, I mean, we've seen the economical. Uh, turnarounds that we've had in the past years and mm. the franchise industry has proven to be uh, this industry that you can invest in mm. because um, it basically um, employs approximately 400,000 people through the 757 franchise systems that we so, so have. So how many franchises are there? 757. Brands or individual it's, franchisees? It's so not. Um, is it, is it sort of it's like the franchisors. It's the brands. Right. Wow, yeah. that's a big one. <laughs> then uh, with uh, 35,000 uh, people that are employed by um, franchisees. So this industry, we're looking at 587 billion. It's a 587 billion industry. So, um, I mean, it talks, I mean, like 
That's if a you big see, number. Yeah, it is because. <laughs> um, um, but the thing is, um, we see more franchisees than franchisors, especially um, in black communities. I mean, there's only a handful of black franchisors. And um, now the why forum, is that? Why, why, why do you think? Because as I understand, that would be your area of focus as, as, as franchise forum. Yeah. Um, the reason is not many people uh, are exposed mm-hmm. uh, to know about franchising. When you uh, start talking about franchising, then they'll be like, oh, okay, now you're talking about such and such a brand, you know, these famous brands. Yeah, yeah. So they, they just only know those brands. But so I mean, a, a fair question is then when, let's assume I know, like when, because I think people know about franchises, but when do I know that my business is franchise ready? Right. Um, as the forum, uh, because we've started working with CIFAM recently. Who's CIFAM? Uh, uh, the small enterprise uh funding agent uh, and agency yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> and um what we uh, what they propose is um that we should appoint or like select maybe five uh, potential uh businesses that can be replicated mm-hmm. so uh, because um, as in other entrepreneurs, you find that they, they would be exhibiting um, at the shows, but only to get uh, maybe customers for their products, but not knowing that they could actually franchise their their brands. Like um, what I did is with Sithless Brew and Gotter King, um, I found I met them at... Um, SA proudly South African uh, exhibition. Then I introduced them to this franchising um, industry, and now they are proudly franchisor. Fantastic. Yes. So, Fantastic. Um, I guess sometimes you never know that your product uh, you could replicate your business until you read about franchising. That is why the forum is going nationally and uh, teaching people about franchising and how they can replicate. And also, we do help them to replicate their. Um, uh, brands and mm-hmm. also to um, if maybe you're not registered then we can assist you and registering your businesses because you find others that um, have been trading or been in business for a decade but without having proper paperwork so the forum uh, helps those businesses to at least be uh, franchise ready if not um, if they are registered if not then We just take them through the process. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we continue our conversation talking about entrepreneurship and how you can be an entrepreneur. And if you are already an entrepreneur, how you can be helped. I'm also joined by a franchise forum who can help you as well as an attorney uh, who is from uh, Sikunyani Incorporated, as well as some entrepreneurs who can share with you some of their lessons as they've traversed the journey of entrepreneurship. We're back after this. Know your rights. Know the law. The Law Report with Michael Matuining Bill. Welcome back to The Law Report with me, Michael Matuining Bill. I'm joined in the studio by Deborah Khotekoa. She's the MD of Hashtag. He is the MD of Hashtag Property. As well as Nomfundo Vilagazo, who's from Blush Diamond. Um, Dexter Mabazo, uh, who is from Ogbabayo uh, Acha. Um, Tuli Khadebe from Franchise Forum. And finally, uh, an attorney, a founder and director of Sikunyani Incorporated. That's Ms. Yolela Sikunyani. Let me bring in, um, uh, uh, um, I beg your pardon, <laughs> this is just long list, Dexter Mabaso, um, um, and, and maybe talk about your business. And I find your business quite interesting because, you know, we've always known Acha, I've always had Acha. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I would have thought about immediately is, you know, 
what's the value proposition. But before we get to that, how did you start your business? Okay. Um, again, thanks for having me. Um, so normally this is a, this is probably a story that will take about a day and a half. So I don't know how much. Yeah, we got time. Much time <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I'll, I'll try to cut it short. <clears throat> don't tell me you had a skin problem. <laughs> I had a skin problem. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I, th- I think. Look, to be honest with you, um, you know, you could you could almost. I don't. I don't want to call it a fluke, but it was one of those things where, you know, um, I grew up with my friend Bumi here in the studio with me, and we grew up together, wanting to do business, you know, and we did do business, and we lost a lot of money, you know, made a long lot of wrong choices, mm. and I think you know one of the biggest mistakes that we were making is that we really wanted to go big, you know, wanted to start where everybody has kind of ended and kind of plateaued, and we said this is who we want to be, you know, right. and. Um, that didn't really work out for us right. um, because you know there's so many barriers to market, a lot of things. But what ended up happening is there was three friends. So it was myself, Bumi, and another friend of ours, Rob Dobson, and we basically came together and said, "Look, we want to try something." We went to Gallagher State and we bumped into a lady actually who was doing Acha at Gallagher State. It was a Cytex kind of convention. Now, Cytex is where they bring in products from all over the world. So there was like you know baths and there was TVs, like the up-to-date technology. And then you turn the corner and there's Acha. You know, and we were like, uh, man, what's Asha doing here? You know, uh, but then what it did is it sparked something for us. And we we're like, no, let's do it. Then it started off as a joke. We we're like, yeah, no, let's do it. Let's do it. And then, you know, we, we did it. Yeah. So, you know, there was a lady who kind of helped us develop the, the, the product. And uh, I must say, you know, God was good to us through, along the way because there was a lot of challenges before. Mm-hmm. And basically... We hit the market and we had started this business. You know, it started, what started off as a joke ended up as, as a serious business. It's about four years, almost five years in now. Um, and yeah, we've had a lot of challenges, but at the same time, we've had a lot of great successes. Um, yeah. You know, we'd like to attribute it to ourselves in certain places, but to be honest, you know, God has really been pushing us. And I would say we, we started this business uh, be wanting to want to solve a need, but more than anything, I think it was just, you know, wanting to to do something different from someone else, you yeah. know? Now, like, as you said, you know, everyone thinks about Acha and they're like, oh, Acha, hey, Acha's 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 Acha. And everybody says to us, ah, but, you know, what's the difference for your Acha? And we said, why can't we take that Acha that everybody knows that they find on the street corner, you know, when they find it doesn't have a label, it leaks, you know, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, like a lucky leaks. Pack of products. And I see you've put you that on I mean? the studio table and there's no leaks. Well, we don't know. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> when you put that down, I was no, like, eh. No, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> that's actually one of our our, our cells, right? right? That's, that's yeah. one of our, our, our selling points, actually. So you were asking us, like, what is the, what's different? What's different? You yeah. Because everyone says Acha is yeah. Acha's Acha. And, That's and like not necessarily, I don't ask that question because necessarily a business has got to be different. I mean, yes. we, can all, we can all sell Mohoru, right? Yes. And, and whatever else. And, 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 and I know that for a lot of people who, who like to talk to entrepreneurs, they like to say, what are you doing differently? And, yes. and, I, and I get that it's great, but it's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be the case. True. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, true. But, you know, we've been fortunate enough that we, we actually did make it different. Yeah. You know, and it does stand out. In that, you know, Acha is, like, like I said, it was one of those products that you could almost call it unregulated. You know, nobody's checking to see, you know, where <laughs> well, Acha comes from. Well, I think it is, but you, you sure, know? sure. Yeah, it's almost like, <laughs> exactly, exactly, you know. It's uh, food. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, no, but the thing is, you know, mm-hmm. it's made by Antis Banban. It's yeah, yeah. made by people who, it's mm-hmm. very hard to find. I mean, you go on the street corner, you can find Acha without a label. I mean, if yeah. you eat that product. Who do you look for if you get sick? Yeah, God. You know, who, yeah, like who do you say sold it to you? You know, how sure are you that that guy who's making it, his kitchen is clean? Is it a kitchen? Yeah. 
you know you don't know yeah. <laughs> you have no idea yeah. you know yeah. um so what we wanted to do is take that product that everybody loves and they remember it from home and put it in an available space you know yes. put it where you can find everything else so if you're going to go and get your groceries why can't you get spaghetti your coke and then go and fetch acha why do you have to wait until saturday to For go sure. and find it wherever you need to find For it sure. so we said we can clean up this product and we did you know like and that's that, and, and one can take that for granted, but mm. it's it, it, it's not. I mean, I remember growing up. I used to people that used to sell it used to sell it used to buy a twenty five liter container, and they used to put it in the plastic. So it used to be sort of yeah like that. I mean, and and I think I like what you're doing because you're giving dignity to food that we grew up enjoying and still do to this day. And, and ex exactly, and you would say you know you wouldn't expect to find Acha in Santon. Right, but they sell it down the road here at Rosebank Spa. It's it's there. The yeah. same, the same Your brand. brand. Yeah, exactly. Well done. Well um, done. And that's because you know we've cleaned it up. It doesn't leak like the other the other leak. But more than that, you know, it's got a taste. You know, we take mm. care of it. We want our, our guys to eat it and say, you know, where can we find it? They yeah, look I see for you've it, brought it, you know? but uh, I got my queen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, I, I, you know, it's I, private school. Know, like, we, we, wait, we wait, eat it with spaghetti. You know, but on a serious note, though. You know, we like to say that our Acha went to private school, uh, yeah. you know, because like we launched it as a product for low LSM mm -hmm. and it just traversed all the LSMs. So we find yeah. ourselves selling in midstream. Yeah. And I mean, midstream is probably one of our best performing spas and it just flies off the shelf. It's but, but I mean, Apple. I mean, this LSM story is yes. another debate, right? That's a, that's because, a new because like channel. Yeah. You, because when you talk about LSM as black people, we traverse all LSMs when you go to your mom you're like in another LSM area <laughs> exactly. when you go you know what I mean so this LSM story is is misleading to a lot of people so I'm yeah. glad I'm glad the stats indicate to you otherwise yes so how long has this business been running you say five years yeah so we we're you know well four we're four years almost five now we're going yeah. towards our fifth year yeah and did you have to leave something else did you, when you started the Acha business yes yes yeah. I did I, I did uh, you know entrepreneurship is one of those things that you you kind of have to jump out right, right? so I had a nine to five yeah. um, which I enjoyed but there was this bugbear behind me that said I can't stay in nine to five forever um, also my father being an entrepreneur like I actually didn't have a choice I think I was born with that thing you know if you're an entrepreneur you've got it and you've got it no one can tell you about it but you've got it so I left a, a nine to five years too I, I heard you saying the same thing Thibault, that you had to leave your job yeah because I think that's that's I guess it's probably one of the biggest sacrifices and you know like somebody who Life sometimes is interesting because if if you don't have a job and you're, you're unemployed, mm -hmm. you don't even have the money to to even buy airtime, correct? So that you can phone somebody says in things like <laughs> right? <Yeah>. Absolutely, <laughs> that's that's the one. But if you do have a job and you might have the airtime, but you then don't have the time, yeah. and there's always this competition, and 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 I find that one has got to make a lot of people that have made a, a lot of success in their lives have had to make the sacrifice. Yeah. Of, of quitting their job mm -hmm. and which for us as black people is a very difficult thing to do because you know you, your job is not just for yourself it's yeah. it, you got you got a whole a whole people behind you absolutely how was that for you and and what was it that gave you the confidence that you can drop your nine to five and and still survive as it were or thrive even fortunately for me it was the second time doing it so it wasn't the first time so <laughs> the first time i did it was more scary you know you go through the consultation you want to consult the uncles you want to consult the parents <laughs> to make sure that you're making the right decision so i think in in, in 2013 i actually worked down the road here for uh, standard bank private banking and i needed to make the decision to leave uh, 
if one wants to pursue something and you really, really want it, you're going to give up something. Something needs to give in. You're going to need to let one go. So I did it then. I had worked for the bank for nine years. So having left that was a major move. So when I did it the second time, it's like, oh, okay, that's okay. You know, that, that's <laughs> okay. You know, I can you know, get yeah. back in. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I had been out doing business coaching on my own, uh, worked at some uh, client base, and then I got employed again you know, on my own terms, which worked very well for me. Mm. And when I needed to leave, um, I got offered uh, incentives. I got offered a salary increase. I got offered a business and say, don't leave. Here's what we can offer you. I still left. Hmm. So it's it's that burning thing you have inside of you. And the funny part is that we're at the expo over the weekend yeah. and you get to that point where you say, did I make the right decision? You still ask yourself that? No, 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 no. That happened a year and a half ago. Wow. No, no, about, about, let's say, maybe three years ago. Yeah. I asked myself, did I make, you know when your business is... Sorry, one, yes. maybe to bring that statement in yes. context, when did you start? I started the business in 2016. So how many years ago you, you were wondering if... That it was after a year, a year right. or so after starting the business. Mm -hmm. You start the business, um, if you're expecting to see profit in your first three months, six months, 12 months, you're playing games. You're, you're not there yet. So that's the nights when you run at a loss and you still need to wake up the following day and go push the same agenda that doesn't pay you. That's when we're testing entrepreneurship. That's when we're asking, does the passion exist? That's when we're asking, does the willpower exist? That's the tenacity part of it. No. This is when you're going to... Is that not what we're asking? How hungry are you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. You know how easy it is for you to quit a race? You know, if one says we're walking if i say mark we're walking we're walking and you don't know where we're going and you, we're just going to walk you guys are going to give up but i know where i'm going so there's no way i'm going to stop there's no way i'm giving up until this dream becomes a reality but when the ching ching starts coming in mm -hmm. then you never talk about the story when it was difficult you tell yeah. everybody everybody's looking at the lifestyle you live in everybody's looking at the profits you're making but they're forgetting that all this needed a foundation all this needed to go down before you started seeing the physical structure go up mm. that's true and hopefully you were talking about how you spent three years just developing your product mm -hmm. i mean that's even more hectic than you know going in and starting i mean i mean the guys here just seem to have hit the ground running to some extent i guess but you know three years of r d unlike my colleagues over here who are fortunate enough to have jobs um, three years ago, I was not working yeah. properly. So, so you had a skin problem. <laughs> <laughs> it was really rough for me. But uh, persistence pushed me to get here because I didn't give up. Even when everybody in the background said, you have to go find a nine to five because academically, I'm a legal profession. Oh, <laughs> but it didn't go down that route very well. So yeah. I guess... This was the plan that was for me. I had to get the skin problem and, and then it led me to where I am because it is by fluke with me. It just happened that when I turned 30, everything just went haywire for me. Yeah. And then I had to look for other options because all the expensive options that I was using for a couple of years stopped working. So for me, it was very, very difficult, but I never stopped because it was either doing this or go finding a job which was not there yeah. as, as a young black right. adult. So, so for you, but, but I mean, I, I know I mentioned this as a joke previously, but it, it, it seems you, you, would I be correct to say that unemployment pushed you into entrepreneurship? Yes, unemployment definitely pushed me into entrepreneurship because if I think I had a nine to five, 
I would have never went down this route at all. Uh, but, it w- but what might you have done? Because I think w- w- when I struggle with this concept, when you look at and and I, and I struggle and, I, and you know, time permitting, I, I will explain how I struggle. But I struggle with the concept of how do we get youth? How do we get young people such as yourself? I mean, everybody here in the studio is a youth, except for me. Except and that's sad. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but how do we get somebody to transform their mind to say, you know, I span, but Eric Jerez. You know, like that, because that's a shift, right? That's a shift mm-hmm. of, you know, you're looking at the politics, you're looking at unemployment, you're looking at, you know, they said we're going to get jobs. And that, 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 that psyche of, I'm in despair, and now actually in your pond. Number one, I'd say start at foundation phase. Um, mm. I come from a lineage of teachers. And I think with our education system, if you start at the foundation phase like other countries do in terms of introducing entrepreneurship at younger ages, then it would be a different mindset. I don't mean yeah. it like that because I mean the government, yes. I'm sure, is, is <laughs> thinking trying. about how. But but how does it? You know, how does it? How did it work for you, where you were able to transform your your mind and your psyche from I'm um, looking for job to I'm um, creating job. When I realized that I cannot depend on someone else yeah. to give me a nine to five. And when I realized that you can't just rely on government to give you everything, that mentality of Gumele Sitole, because this happened a couple of years ago, 24 years ago, it, it has to stop. For me, I, I had no option of relying on someone else and sitting there and saying, I've got degrees and I'm educated and this shouldn't be the stance for me right now. So I had to get my butt moving yeah. let's say, and say, it's either this or Sotlala Slambile in Lini. Which one is it? All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to turn my head and turn my attention to Yelela Sikunyani because, you know, this is, we've heard from different entrepreneurs with different life stories. And naturally, there are quite a number of legal issues that arise. So we're going to be traversing that when we come back. Know your rights. Know the law. The Law Report with Michael Matuening Bill. 18 minutes before 9 o'clock, I continue my discussion talking to entrepreneurs and a lawyer as well as a franchise forum. And we're talking about entrepreneurship and we're trying to say, what can the youth today do to overcome this very burning issue that we have. I mean, when we're talking about unemployment, one, the number of implications, or I don't know what's the word, but the the effect it has on other facets of our lives are just indescribable in the sense that it affects every, you know, this issue of, of, of commerce and, and having a viable economy is a very important one. And I think that we have to take some responsibilities as as people living today in South Africa to say, what can we do and what needs do we have and what, you know, and, and I understand that there are some, some issues and we're also going to be talking later on to, to NIDA, um, uh, uh, National Youth Development Agency, talking about some of the ways that funding can be raised. But I know this is a lot of um, people's problem when, when it comes to entrepreneurship saying, I can't do this because I don't have funding. But I, but I wonder if that's even the real problem because there's so many other people that are saying, I'm looking for young entrepreneurs whose business I can invest in. And it's a problem that I foreshadowed early on when I was saying how many of us as black entrepreneurs are willing to give up a stake in our businesses. But one thing that strikes me, um, particularly if you have regard to all the businesses that we're profiling here, 
um, uh, Yolelwa, is is that each of them have created a brand uh, uh, or something that is a name. What is that name and how do they protect it? Yeah, so uh, amongst other things that are challenging as well about youth unemployment is that um, they would complain that we develop things and we go present and whatever that we've presented gets stolen. Mm -hmm. And in the end, it's just altered Mm -hmm. a little bit. You propose, they reject, they alter it and give it to their friends and, you know, um, they then go to business. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the barriers. But as we know, um, a risk, you cannot get rid of a risk totally. Mm -hmm. Um, And I say to entrepreneurs, one of the things they need to consider to mitigate the risk of exposure uh, to such is to enter into uh, non-disclosure agreements. Uh, so she, she, she was referring to head three um, a development. Yeah. So I'm wondering uh, how many agreements she had to sign, you know, when yeah. she was testing her products, you know, and all that. And of course, her products are also labeled. Mm-hmm. So which means that uh, she needs to right. register some trademarks on her products because if it's similar to another, there may be an infringement risk and they would say it's confusingly uh, similar to another. So those are the things that they could um, consider. And of course, um, in, in, in the situation of your archer, they know how, mm. you know, it's an unregistered uh, uh, right, but it is important for you to protect, but it's only valid whilst it's confidential. Once it loses the confidential element, then it's no longer protected. So these are the things that you, you need to consider when you're dealing with your stakeholders is to enter into non-disclosure agreements to mitigate the risk um, mm. of exposure to And And, and just by way of example, there's a chicken licking, for example, their spice is done by Robertson, and 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 it's very controlled about how who gets to know what the recipe is because we, otherwise we'd all just make chicken licking wings at home, and it would cost them a lot of money. Right. <laughs> so, so that's certainly something that you know that it's it's a very good point to say. How do you protect your acha, the your unique spices, um, and and your soap, etc. But that's just in the content, but there's also their names, like Ogbabayo, you know, so Ogbabayo is, 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 is a word, right? That's right. But how do you protect it to make sure that some Chisanyama somewhere doesn't operate as Ogbabayo? Yes, because it's a, it's, it's a special brand as well. Yeah. The name itself and the brand itself it can be registered as a trademark and yes. protected under that. And that on its own does not exclude it from protection of copyright um, as well. So what is important is that they need to register it as a trademark, uh, protect it, pay the renewal fees every year, because then if you don't, then it lapses. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is one of the um, um, mitigating ways to protect their uh, trademark. Uh, you know, Coca-Cola has the Coca-Cola name. Mm. It's written in a certain way. Yes. That is protected. If someone else does that and write in those cases, then they they will have to answer. Mm. So it's similar, uh, you know, to, to that in the Nike. Mm. You know, we all know the Nike. Uh, so a, a small business is not prevented from also protecting its brand while it's still young. Yeah. And what are some of the agreements? So let's say any one of these partners, or any one of the guys wanted to bring in a partner. What are some of the agreements that one would have to make sure that, you know, um, we, we promote this thing that I believe is certainly something that is lacking, where there is people that are entrepreneurs, but there's people that bring in money and, and not necessarily banks. So if I wanted to bring in, 
you know, if, if I've got an extra half a million and I wanted to invest in one of the businesses, what are some of the agreements that we would have to have? Yeah, so for me, um, I always recommend that if parties are still negotiating uh, for a further agreement, or they are not certain about the terms at the time, and there's some partner that is interested in buying into the business, they, they can enter into a, a memorandum of understanding mm. that is binding, that indicates exactly that this is the intention and this is how we're going to go about it and it's valid for only these months. If we don't conclude a further agreement that details our partnership, then this will dissolve. So the challenge in other aspects is that we want to enter into an agreement without certainty, but we want to bring the whole thing. We don't want to bring it in phases. And then it doesn't make sense. And then it is not clear. And then parties start fighting because there's uncertainty as to the obligations of the parties and how this thing is going to make money. So you can bite the elephant one day at a time and you can still through legal documents and legal uh, uh, instruments you can still conclude an agreement over a period of time and it will make sense in the end and you would be in a position to test whether this relationship is worth pursuing for a further agreement lucas and cn plumbing on twitter says entrepreneurs like these are what keeps us motivated entrepreneurship is one of the hardest things especially when you don't have proper management can you highlight this fact here, he asks. And I think, I thought I should, I should ask you that, Dexter, because you have partners in your business and, and one imagines you, you would have to have a system of saying, let's manage ourselves so that whatever, you know, we actually complete and not compete or even, or even have issues of mismanagement. How do, you, how do you align your business such that the various partners in the business, their roles are defined and, and everybody knows what is expected of each other. All right. Um, I would say, I mean, when the, like I explained, I think when the business started, there was there was three of us and, you know, there wasn't much uh, for us to kind of do except for what we had to do and everybody was doing everything. Mm-hmm. And then you start to realize where everybody's strength lies and then that's where you kind of place everybody. Unfortunately, one of our partners had to leave due to personal reasons, so there's only two of us now. Right. So I, I would say I was fortunate in that I got into a business with a close friend Mm -hmm. um, and that helped a lot of things because I didn't have to start to you know question things like character integrity you know you know I I knew his situation he knew mine Um, and more than that you know we we were very honest and open and from the beginning to say you know, Dex is going to handle this and you are going to handle that. And I try not to infringe on, on the things that he needs to handle mm-hmm. and he tries not so to infringe. So what, what would you share, for example? I mean, what, what do you do relative to him? Okay, so... Because so, there is also an, an issue of egos in, yes. in, in most of us, I guess. Yes. Um, again, also for me, I would say... Uh, we, when we entered into a business one, we were, we were friends. So I have his interest at heart, he has mine. Right. Um, so what would, what would normally happen is with your key strengths will come out because at that point, there's no one else to do that type of work. You sure. know? So for instance, when we had to do sales, it wasn't a matter of looking around and saying, you know, boom, you start doing sales because he wasn't, he wasn't a salesperson at the time. And I knew nothing about finance. So, you know, there was no way that I was going to start to want to infringe and start to control what was finance when I don't even understand what, what finance sure. was. So one of the things that we did um, in our business is that we sat down and said, well, you know, this is your strength, this is your strength, this is your strength. And we started to teach each other each other's strengths mm. um, just so that I can understand what he's up to, but not necessarily have to do it. And he can understand what I'm up to, but he doesn't necessarily have to do what I do, um, but know what it is, um, you know. So I would say 
you know, we, we from the onset, it was a little bit easier for us, I would say, because we were friends, it was easier to draw the lines uh, at, the, at the beginning. But if you're going into a partnership with someone who is not your friend, um, and it's, it's one of those things where they're not your friends, I think, you know, one of the best ways to mitigate is to have legal documents involved to say you know this is as far as your liability I'd say goes even if they're your friend but yeah well <laughs> that's true <laughs> that's what i said that's true uh, but you know, you know yeah no that no look scope, i mean right? we have we have we have documents in our business um also because more than just protecting ourselves as the business starts to grow we start to add more people management mm-hmm. you start to add lower management and the likes and you need documents so that when people start to forget what was agreed at the table um, you know, the black and white is what reminds you, you know, without mm-hmm. ha- us having to argue, yep. you know. So I don't have to remind Bumi it was a six. We opened the document, was it a six? Yes, it was a six. So, you know, that's the end of the story. And Demokho, do you have any partners in your business? And if so, how do you handle that? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's contracts for everything. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I think that's how we basically run it. Uh, due to the nature of the business, we unfortunately can't rely on, well, I started the business alone. So mm-hmm. I kind of did everything. Uh, fortunately, being a business coach allowed me to have exposure to the different facets of business, which then en- enabled me to be to manage uh, the business. Mm-hmm. So when I employed uh, uh, people, I literally contracted them to their roles and their duties in the company. And as the business grew, people then got uh, their different uh, uh, contracts according to the divisions that they run. Mm. Yeah. But 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 from a shareholding point of view, from a shareholding point of view, there's five shareholders, mm-hmm. and um, three of them silent partners two of them uh active partners so Loud. we've <laughs> <laughs> wait mark i missed that what is that <laughs> huh what's oh oh, oh I, rem- I remember the lady mentioned that silent partners means there's no contract no no we do have contracts <laughs> and shareholders certificates for our silent partners i um i think as you expand in a business you'll but, find but, but, but then just turning to that yes what, what was you started alone what was the thing that allowed you to have the trust that 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 was talking about about trusting other people to to come into your business and have a say in it because you know if if i'm a shareholder yeah i would have a say in your business because i would get a stake and i'd have voting rights so basically for me when i started being the only shareholder and the only owner the first person i had employed was actually my previous manager Mm. so i had employed somebody this well when you work for Standard Bank, you know there's a code called the GRG, which is the Group Reference Guide, and this lady we called GRG. She did things by the book. So in my absentia, I needed somebody that could follow what I had structured mm. point by point, mm. Mm. and that's how I employed her. Mm. So basically, I had employed somebody that I had background on. I had I had worked with them. I didn't like them much when I worked with them. <laughs> but I'm they don't like you much now. <laughs> no, no, no. Fortunately, I've invested now into that uh, person's business. They've actually left. Uh, they're not part of the business anymore. Yeah. Um, up until today, because we might be signing them up. But I've actually invested into their business where they're actually running a separate business to what we're doing today right yeah absolutely and 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 and, and yourself um i i i guess Numfundo, you, you know you, you started just about this year so you, you you're right there would i be correct to assume that you don't yet have any mm, shareholders not as yet but what would be the thing that 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 make you say yes Understanding that I cannot do everything alone. I'm not a, no expert in, in certain things. And getting into this, really, it was just 
by force of nature where mm. I just had to say I have to do this but I would have to look into trust manner and look at pe- people's background on what they can bring to the table because I, I can't really do anything I am bad with finances number one I probably but you can hire somebody. I can hire yes I can hire someone for because, that because isn't that isn't that the interesting thing where one shouldn't confuse a, a partner for a skill set that one needs no. so it doesn't mean yeah. because you need yeah. to drop legal documents you got to yeah. give all the lawyers in town your shares that's, <laughs> yeah. that's right and um i like the fact that he's mentioned some agreements mm. um one of the issues he about looks like the grg that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <Yeah. laughs> so i'm very uh, delighted because um the shoulders agreement will contain critical information amongst others is that if a certain shoulder passes on Mm. what happens Mm. as a wife can i show up Mm. and say listen my husband was a shoulder Mm. so i'm taking over so eventually shoulders will be stuck with someone they don't want Mm. or they don't prefer so a shoulders agreement will detail that uh, that once a a shoulder passes this is how we dispose of shares And I would like, in closing, I'm happy no one mentioned outstanding debts, you know, even though they've got a contract, so it means you're doing good. No one owes you money. Uh, because then that's another uh, thorny area where small businesses don't want to go into because they are in business with bigger business. Uh, they don't want to exercise their rights in terms of the contracts that they've entered into uh, when they are owed monies. Mm. Uh, so which is a big issue in mm. terms of their survival. And the reason why they are in business is to make profit. And if they are not in control of their finances, then they can't make revenue. And if it's provided in a contract, why don't you enforce it? Indeed. Or you can just get Lakash. <laughs> That's the law report. Let me thank all my guests uh, tonight, uh, starting with Deboho. It's a Kuwa MD of Hashtag Property. Sir, thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, Nomfundo Vilagazi, founder of Blush Diamond. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you. Uh, Dexter Mabaso, CEO of Ogbabayo Acha. Thanks for having us. Um, as well as uh, Tuli Khadebe, uh, who I'm going to ask to just come to the mic um, because I'd, I'd like to close with, with you. But, but uh, Yolela Sikunyani, thank you so much for, for joining us. And uh, um, it, it was quite enlightening to get some of the, the legal backgrounds. We didn't get NIDA for whatever reason. Um, I, I don't know what, what became of NIDA. They were supposed to join us and, and share with us some of the issues around funding. But I think perhaps funding could be so important an issue that it probably deserves a show of its own where we wouldn't just have NIDA, would have IDC, NEF and, and all the rest because it's, it's, it's a real big issue. Your parting remarks, um, I, I know you, you were quiet for quite a, uh, quite a bit, uh, Tuli. No faults of your own. Okay. Uh, all right. If anyone wants to know about uh, what, the foreign, what the forum does, mm-hmm. uh, they can uh, send us an email at um, franchiseforumza mm-hmm. franchiseforumza And we will be having um, SA Pavilion. Uh, we, we have been invited by the UAE Chamber of Commerce. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, So we are inviting all businesses that want to expand uh, to other countries, then they can just come with us at the... And there's a few businesses. I mean, I wonder what's what's the popularity of Acha in in Africa. I'm not sure if it's just a South African product, but there you go. I mean, you know, skincare, it's a global issue. And, And I could see hashtag operating just fine because one of the things that you were complaining about earlier about 
the dominance by European companies in, in South Africa, you know, perhaps, yeah, there you go. I think uh, a lot of guys will take you up on that. Um, where do they go if they want to come to that uh, event? Um, okay, they can either uh, maybe call or send a, a WhatsApp message on um, 071-756-3676 or 081-776-2319. Well, that's Tuli uh, Khadebe uh, from Franchise Forum. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Um, yes, that's all my guests. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you kindly. It was a pleasure. Uh, from me, Michael Mutoning Bill, it's been a very good evening. Sutumeya, she's up Rewind, next. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.